Hey friends, and welcome to You Deserve to Love Your Job with me, Arlene Pace Green. My goal is to help you identify and achieve your greatest aspirations and have a lot of fun along the way. I'm so glad you've joined me on this journey. Let's go. I am so excited to let you know that the You Deserve to Love Your Job book is available. It's in paperback and Kindle. I wrote the book for anyone who is looking for more purpose, more meaning, and more joy in your work and life. Filled with examples, quizzes, and experiences from real people, including me, and the book lays out a roadmap to help you clarify your purpose and create an action plan to achieve it. Go get it. It's available on Amazon. Thank you for joining today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about five tips to finding your purpose. And the idea for today's episode came from a survey that our team conducted recently. Um, We're working on creating an online class that is about finding your purpose, uh, finding love in your work. And so we created an online survey to gather some research for that. And I thought the statistics from that survey were really interesting. And that led me to this idea of let's talk about just five tips on how to find your purpose. And in the research, we found two stats that kind of led to this episode. The first one is we found that about 40%, which aligns really well with some research from Gallup and other places, but about 40% of people have found and are operating in their purpose. So the other 60% is a mixture of, you know, maybe I haven't found my purpose yet, or I know what my purpose is, but I'm not sure how I action against it or how I operate in alignment with that purpose but about 40% report having found their purpose. We also found that about 40% of people report loving their jobs. The other 60% were a mixture of, I like it, but it could be better, you know, meh, (laughs) towards I hate it, you know, we're in that 60%, but 40% reported loving their jobs. So in response to that, I thought we'd talk today about five tips toward finding your purpose and loving your work. And these are based on the research from our survey. They're also based on, just other research, different insights, um, the book itself. And we're going to put a link to the study that this a lot of this comes from in the show notes, because I'd love to have your perspective included in this research as well. We're going to talk about five tips. And I thought we would start with just what is purpose? When people report you know, that they're working in areas of purpose or operating in their purpose, what does that look like and what does it really mean? And so for those on YouTube, I'm going to share a couple slides that come from a training class that we've done. And if you're not on YouTube, no worries at all, because I'm going to talk through all of these different areas. And, you know, oftentimes they say slides are more for the presenter anyway than they they are for the person just to keep us on point. So I'm going to talk through it. But if you're not on YouTube and you're listening via podcast, it's all good. So a lot of people say that purpose is when three things intersect. It's when something you like, so something you're really interested in and you like, something you're good at, so you have some skills in that space, and it's something that is relevant to other people, meaning there are other people in the world that are looking for that particular activity to happen. So when you find something you like, something you're good at, and other people want it, and some people interpret that as, you know, I'm able to get paid for it, then oftentimes that feels like career purpose or career fulfillment. So those three things coming together. And certainly there are times when maybe you have two of these, but not the third. And one of the themes we're going to talk about on this episode is 
What are actions you can take to move towards your purpose if you don't feel like you're operating in that space today or you're not operating in that space yet? So I'm going to share one tip related to this model, and then we'll talk about a few others. But in the book, we talk about, you know, all the different possible combinations of this. So maybe, you know, there's something you like and you're really good at, but it's not relevant to other people, meaning other people won't pay you to do it. Or maybe you find something that you're really good at and other people want to pay you for it, but you don't like doing it, right? (laughs) So it feels kind of like a chore. What do you do then? Uh, But the example I want to talk about today is if two of these come together, meaning it's something you like, it's an interest of yours, and it's relevant, meaning it's something other people are looking for and they're willing to pay for, but it's not something you're currently good at. So what would you call that? It's something that you like, you enjoy. Other people are looking for somebody to do that, but it's not an area where you currently have strength. I call that a dream, right? So it's, I like it. Other people are looking for it, but I'm not currently good at it, right? That could be something like singing or professional athlete or any of those kind of things uh, where we feel like we don't necessarily have the skills for that area. Well, if we don't have the skills for that area, there are still a number of things we can do to move it from just a dream to being a component of our career fulfillment and purpose. And so a few of the things, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see on the slide, but you know, sometimes we can build skill in an area. No, we're not good at it now, but that doesn't mean we can't become good at it. So we can increase our knowledge of that area by reading books or going to conferences. We could build skills in that area by increasing our practice in those spaces. You know, we can gather feedback from other people that help us understand where in that space maybe we're good and where we have opportunities to improve. Or we could work in related areas that utilize the strengths we already have. And a friend of mine was just sharing this example a couple of weeks ago with me. She was talking about a very uh, good friend of their family whose son loved baseball. Like it was his passion growing up. I mean, just, and I think he had always envisioned of being a professional baseball player, but it wasn't necessarily something he was really good at. Playing baseball itself was not something he was particularly skilled in. He invested in it, uh, but it wasn't like a strength of his. But what he ended up doing was he ended up working in, I think it was a finance area, but he was working for a professional baseball team. So a lot of times we don't have to, even if we're not doing that thing we have in our mind, if we can get close to it because of either the environment we're working in, it can still become a part of our overall career purpose and fulfillment. So sometimes you can use your strengths in an area that matches something you're interested in. Like I've always loved marketing graphic design. I love that space. It's not something I'm skilled in. Like I feel like I have an eye for it, but I'm not skilled in it, but I love it. So it's something that, you know, my background is HR. Maybe as an HR professional, I go support a marketing team or a marketing organization or graphically, you know, graphic focused organization that kind of moves something that might be a dream further into an area of career fulfillment or purpose without necessarily building skills in it. Of course, you could also build skills in that area. The other idea is you can volunteer to work in that area. You know, back to the story of my family friend who loved baseball. Okay, maybe he's not working for a professional baseball league, but maybe he can volunteer to coach a baseball team, you know, youth league or little league or something like that. So if you have something that's a dream of yours, meaning you like it and you know it's something other people are looking for, Even if you don't feel like you have the ability to build skill in that area now, it still might be tied to your eventual career purpose of fulfillment 
or even your voluntary work you're doing around purpose and fulfillment, there's still ways to get that same dream area kind of into your life. And so that's a theme we're going to talk about. We're not going to go through all the areas on the podcast today, but they're definitely in the book. But that's a theme I want to talk about, which is just figuring out what your purpose is. And then once you figure out what it is, um, how do you move towards it? So we can think about purpose, as I mentioned, as the intersection of what you like, what you're good at, and what other people find valuable. So as we think about, okay, we know what purpose is, the next question for most people is, how do I find it? And you know, one thing that I found is pretty consistent in the research and in talking to people is that purpose is built, it's not found. So I think a lot of us have this idea of Isaac Newton and the apple, you know, that we're going to be sitting under a tree one day and the apple's going to fall on our head and we're going to have this aha moment, right? That's the legend for Isaac Newton is that he had an aha moment about the apple falling on his head. And that aha moment led to his understanding of the law of gravity and all the different work and and, uh, research that he did. And I think a lot of us think our purpose is going to be like that. We're going to, an apple's going to fall on our head, or we're going to have one moment in time that creates an aha that unveils or reveals our purpose for the rest of our life. And certainly that does happen. I mean, some people say that story for Isaac Newton actually is true. Like it may not fell on his head, but it was him seeing the apple that gave him this aha moment. So it's not saying that's not possible, but research tells us that's not common. The more common thing is that most of us build our purpose over time through lots of different strategies, trial and error, talking to people. And I'm going to share some research from that as well from the survey. I think a lot of us think about it like my nutritionist talks about this, like the Christmas morning experience. Like we're going to wake up one morning and all of a sudden everything we've been looking for, whether it's from a career or life perspective, is going to be under the tree. It's like, yes. And a lot of times that's fueled by these I think it's more of a selling technique, but this kind of all you have to do is mentality. This idea that all it takes is one thing and it's a simple thing to get you what you want. And certainly a lot of people use that in selling things to us because that's what we all want. We all want some simple one thing that's going to lead to everything we want. But research tells us, and even the research from our survey tells us that that just is not how most people find purpose. Most people find purpose through an effort of trial and error, work and other strategies. And I'm going to share something that um, actually comes from the survey. So the survey that we did, one group of data we looked at, and one of the things I was looking at is people who reported loving their jobs and knowing their purpose and feeling like they were living it. So I just looked at the people that said, yes, I love what I'm doing for my work. And two, I really feel like I know my purpose and I'm living in it right now. And so then a follow-up question we asked them was, what strategies have you taken to get there? So, you know, what helped you find your purpose? What helped you love your job? And on average, people mentioned four different strategies that they have taken, and some had taken more than that. Um, I think only two people mentioned only taking one strategy. And I'll just give you an idea of some of the kind of strategies that people employed. They read books. They took classes. Some did certifications. They talked to people who were kind of doing things that they wanted to do just to, you know, kind of learn more about how other people found their purpose. They did different spiritual activities, which could be prayer, counseling, you know, meditation, fasting, et cetera. A lot of trial and error. So almost everyone reported some element of trial and error and then changing jobs, like changing what they were doing, maybe finding a new job in your current company or finding a new environment. 
Um, and as I mentioned, only two people reported using one of those strategies. So, you know, a lot of times, I know this is true for me, is that the process to getting to your purpose is more often built by you and the strategies you're doing to learn more about yourself and what you like and where you're gifted than it is to have that Isaac Newton Apple experience where we have one aha moment and that one aha moment, you know, reveals what we're going to do and our purpose for the rest of our life. So it's more often built than it is found. You know, that's number, that's point number two. One is knowing what purpose is. The second is once you know what purpose is in general, knowing that it's probably something we're all going to have to build towards. We're going to have to work towards. It's going to take effort on our side. The next two strategies are really related to this kind of what's the effort that's involved. And one thing I thought was really interesting in the research was that there was a group of people that said they love their jobs. And at the same time, what they were doing wasn't tied to their purpose. So I love my work. I love what I'm doing. And then the question, you know, is what I'm doing tied to my purpose? No, not really. And so, you know, let's think about how that could be possible. So that means that one, even if you don't know your purpose and you're not working in an area of purpose, you still could really love your job and you could find meaning in other areas of your life. So I think there are a couple of ways that this can happen. One is that sometimes purpose is outside of a job, right? So I have a, you know, a colleague that is very invested in animal health and well-being and wellness and welfare. She volunteers at a shelter, you know, two or three times a week. She uses her vacation time to help with different conferences that are focused on helping people to care for different animals. So she has really found a way to find purpose outside of work, right? And so, but even in that, there are other things she loves about her work that maybe aren't tied to purpose. You know, I think about one of the questions on a lot of surveys that relates to how much we love our work is I have a best friend at work. When we have a best friend at work, we like our work more. So sometimes we can find other elements of work to love in the interim, even if we either don't know our purpose or we're kind of meeting our purpose outside of work. It could be you love the people you work with. It could be you love the customers or patients you get a chance to serve. It could be you enjoy the flexibility you have in your work environment. You work in a beautiful environment. Could be you like the benefits that the job provides so that you can then provide for things for your family. So that's one way a lot of people are able to really love their work, even if their purpose isn't tied to their work and maybe they're exploring purpose outside of work or they haven't even found their purpose yet. And point three is really also related to that, meaning another reason people can really love their work and not feel like it's tied to their purpose is because their purpose may be more in how they work than in what they do. You know, not everyone has one career their whole life. A lot of us switch careers. We maybe are doing one thing for this many years. We switch to something else. Um, sometimes life circumstances make us change. Sometimes just our own interests change and we do different things. Uh, but not everyone has one career their whole life. Some people change careers. Some people change them often. But even in changing careers, many people find purpose because it's more about how they work than what they're specifically doing. And I know for myself, even before I felt like I'd found my purpose in work, I had a purpose around how. I'd heard a sermon actually from one of our pastors that talked about, you know, even if you don't know what your purpose is, every day you can wake up from a Christian perspective, every day you can wake up with a purpose to love God and love other people. Meaning the way I work is going to be in a way that's honoring to my faith, 
And I can always love other people. I can do that at work. I can do that picking up my daughter from school, talking to teachers, you know, going in the grocery store. (laughs) I can do that at any point. So sometimes people find purpose not in what as much, but more about how. And I think we've all interacted with people who you can almost feel their purpose and how they work. Some people work with a spirit of excellence that is um, just so impactful. You can feel it when you work with them. Some people, it's their kindness. Some people, it's the clarity of their communications. Others, it's how their ability to listen to other people. I was talking to a friend of mine, actually, and she works at a school. And she was talking about how many people come by and just share their challenges with her. And she's able to advise them and just really listen to what they're saying and be a sounding board for them. I mean, she's doing that at a school, but she could absolutely do that anywhere. So sometimes your gifting and just what makes you unique and special, your specific talents could be tied to your purpose. And those things may be much more about how you work and how you interact with the world than necessarily what you're doing because of just who you are as a person or your life circumstances. Sometimes what you're doing can change a lot. But the how can be that enduring purpose that brings meaning to life. That's the tip number three, is that your purpose may be more tied to how than what. So the fourth tip is that there might be a progression. So in the last episode, podcast episode, we were talking with Dr. Jennifer Chevins, and she talked about that some people in their work describe it as a job, some people describe it as a career, and some people describe it as a calling right? So a job, a career, and a calling. And a job you can think of is more transactional, you know, like I'm doing this to get that. A career is more of a profession where you're invested in that space. And a calling is something that you feel like is tied to your enduring purpose. Like this is why I'm here. This is why I'm on earth is related to this area. And oftentimes this job career calling, you may work in one space for a long time, um, but it can also be a progression. And that's absolutely I think what it was for me, I had lots of jobs before going to grad school. I mean, I worked at YMCA day camp counselor for many years. I was a field trip coordinator for them and drove a bus, which I loved. I was a resident advisor, a hall director. I worked at a place called the Peanut Shack, you know, so I had lots of jobs. I actually absolutely loved almost all of those jobs. I really enjoyed them because I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the variety. Um, There are lots of things I loved about those jobs. And eventually those jobs going to grad school led me to a career around industrial organizational psychology. And, you know, that career, I was investing in it. People were investing in me. I was learning a ton. It was definitely a profession. I had a network of people who were doing similar things and it definitely became a career. And then within that kind of broad career where there's lots of things going on through trial and error and different jobs, I eventually found what I consider to be my calling, which is much more in the coaching space. So I feel like my purpose is to help other people identify and achieve their greatest aspirations. And I'm able to do that through coaching. Um, I hope I can do that through this podcast, through the book and lots of other places. But this progression from job to career to calling may happen over time. As I was saying, the purpose might be built, not found. So for some people, do you immediately find your calling? Yes, that happens. Is that common? No. And for a lot of people, it progresses through this job career calling. And one thing I love, there's a book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you haven't read it, it's phenomenal in helping you just think about habits, how to form new habits, um, lots of research on it. 
And one of the things he says in his book is that to achieve big outcomes, we have to fall in love with the process rather than the product or the outcome. Um, Because one, the process is what's going to lead us to the outcome. But two, beyond that, if you fall in love with the process, you are able to enjoy every moment that you are in that process. So moving from a job to a career to a calling or staying in one of those spaces for a while, knowing that you're trying to move can be really rewarding. It can be a lot of fun. Trial and error can be very enjoyable. You can learn a lot about yourself and other people, what your strengths are, how you operate. It can be an enjoyable process if you focus on enjoying the process. So one, it may, fourth tip is there may be a progression. And in order to enjoy that progression, fall in love with the process. Um, know that it's a process and fall in love with the process of moving through this job, career, calling, progression. So that's the fourth tip. And my fifth tip is just start. So I am a big fan of writing things down, you know, writing your thoughts down on paper. I have a journal. I write things in my notes on my phone, but I'm a big fan of just writing things down because I found for me and for lots of people that I coach that getting it on paper helps to progress your thoughts because now you can kind of step away from it. You can look at it. You can reflect on it. Um, You can come to some conclusions about it and you can progress your thinking from there. So I'm a big fan of writing it down. At one point in my business, I was writing down because I was doing lots of different things at the time. And I knew I wanted to focus on smaller, like a smaller niche of things. So I just had lists of like love, like, I think it was like meh (laughs) and don't like. So what are the things I love doing in my business? What are the things I really like doing? What are the things that are like, eh, you know, I, I don't really like it or dislike it. It just kind of is what it is. And then what are things I don't like? And I was using that list to kind of narrow my niche down to where I want to focus, which also helped me narrow down my calling as well. So just start writing things down. And there's a simple kind of purpose statement we use in the book that I think you can use to start capturing your thoughts as well. So it's answering three questions. The first one is, I am called to serve who, or that could be a what. Um, Which people do you feel drawn to, to help? And that could be a what, because it could be a cause. It could be the environment. It could be a social justice cause. It could be a belief like free speech, you know? So what is it or who is it you think you're called to serve by doing what? So what activities do you see yourself doing? How do you see yourself serving that particular group of people or that cause or that belief? And then while using what skills or gifts? You know, what unique talents, gifts, skills do you have that you want to be able to put into practice to uh, serve those people or that cause that you're focused on? So I'm called to serve, fill in the blank, who or what, whatever that might be, by doing what, what is it you think you're, you're called to be doing while using which skills, giftings, talents that you have do you want to use? And, you know, to start, you may not have an answer to any of those, or you may have an answer to one or two of those or all of those. And all of that's fine because we're going to fall in love with the process, not necessarily just the outcome, the process itself, we're going to find enjoyable. And let's say you find out that, you know what, I really want to serve, you know, free speech, or I want to serve the environment in some way. And I don't know how I want to serve the environment, but I know that's really important to me then kind of tip five is just start. 
So where can you find a group of people that are serving the environment and how can you get involved and help them? How can you volunteer with that group? How can you read more information about that team? Like what can you actually do to start getting involved in that particular area? You know, maybe you say you want to use a particular skill. I mentioned listening. You know, there are lots of places you could practice your listening. Maybe you want to go be a volunteer kind of coach or counselor for people in crisis. Um, You want to work on a crisis hotline to listen to people and to offer, you know, a listening ear for people that are in trouble. That's why I say just start, just start. Whatever answer you have as you write down your thoughts, as you come to a conclusion about any one of these areas, start moving into that area and that movement itself, the trial and error itself, the people you meet will then reveal another step along the way, right? So just start is the fifth tip. So five tips today on finding and working in your purpose. The first one is just knowing what purpose is. And again, it's the intersection of what you like, what you're good at, and what other people value. And if you have two of those, that's enough. I go back to tip five, just start, <laughs> wherever, those, wherever those things might intersect. Second, purpose is built, not found. Can it be found? Absolutely. Is it found? Certainly. Is that common? No. <laughs> so for most of us, it's going to be built through the efforts that we take, the trial and error, the books we read, the classes we take, et cetera, that help us really understand where our purpose lies. Tip three, it's based on, it may be based on how, not what. So it may be based on how you show up in those different environments, whether they're work or not, your spirit of excellence, uh, your love of other people, your clarity of communications, whatever that might be. It could be based on how, not what. Fourth, there might be a progression. So fall in love with the process. Don't worry about the outcome right now. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the getting there process. You know, there's a couple things I've been working on that I thought, you know what, I may not see the outcome of this in my lifetime. Like literally, it may not ever have a positive outcome in my lifetime. I pray it does in someone's lifetime, but it it may or may not. And I'm just okay with that. Like I feel called to do it. So I'm going to do it and fall in love with that process regardless of whether that outcome manifests for me today, the next life, the next generation, or I never see it. I'm that in love with that process. So, you know, there may be a progression and whatever process you're using, fall in love with it. And then number five, just start. And I would love to hear what you're doing to find your purpose, what steps you're taking. So let me know. You can find me on Instagram at Arlene underscore pace underscore green, like the color G-R-E-E-N. I look forward to hearing from you and hearing what you're working on what lessons and insights you're finding along the way and how I can be of service to you. And before we go, I'm going to share one final slide and we'll put the link to this on our show notes. If you're listening to it via podcast, and that's just the kind of QR code to join my email group. So I have an email group where I share different insights, ideas, freebies, resources about finding your job, enjoying your life, working in areas of purpose. And so if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the QR code there. Use your camera phone. QR code will take you to a website. On that website, you can sign up for my email group and I'd love to stay connected that way as well. Thank you all so much for joining. I look forward to connecting with you, whether it's the email group or on Instagram at Arlene underscore pace underscore green. I look forward to seeing you next time on the next episode. And until then, be well.
If you love this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You're also invited to join my private email group where I share tips, resources, freebies, and ideas to help you love your job and grow your business. Click join the crew in the show notes.